We are so glad that you here are here, and this is, if this is your first time to be with us, uh, we welcome you, and we hope you come back again. And this is a little different. This is our first movie series, so today I'm going to be taking clips from Elf and using them to speak to us today on the topic of your spiritual identity, your spiritual identity. And there is a scripture I want to give you as we open up today. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Aren't you thankful for what Christ does in our life? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today, all that you've already done. And Lord, your presence is here to speak to us. We open up our hearts to receive from you. Uh, Church, would you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Check this out. I hate to do this to you, but you think you can help me pick up the slack on those etches, can't you? No problem. I appreciate it. Buddy is killing me. I only got Lum Lum and Choo Choo pulling doubles. Quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy. Just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. If he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. I think they're too small. They're just special. Good buddy, are you okay? I'll be okay. I just need a glass of water. Ah! Buddy is having an identity crisis. He's caught between two worlds the elf world and the human world. And you know, it really is similar to us. We are spirit beings living just a short time in this physical world. And it can be difficult sometimes. You know, the world is not our forever home. It wasn't meant to be. We are eternal beings who live just a short time, a brief time. The Bible says that our life as we know it now is as a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. We are eternal beings, though. Just because we pass on from this life doesn't mean we cease to exist. We will live forever. The Bible is very clear that every one of us will either live for eternity in heaven with God or an eternity in hell without God. And the good news is God wants us all to be with him in heaven forever. Isn't that good? And he, and he wants it so bad, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And if you will receive him as your Savior and Lord, you will be in heaven with God forever. No more identity crisis there. But understanding your spiritual identity is vitally important. Now, you may not be able to take notes and eat popcorn at the same time, I understand. But for those people that are very talented, let me give this sentence to you. If you don't understand who you are, 
you will not become the person you are meant to be. If you don't understand who you are spiritually speaking, you will not fully uh, become the person that you are meant to be. And Buddy sets out on a journey to find out who he really is, and he hopes to find his dad, and he hopes his dad will give them the answers he needed. Yeah. Mr. Hobbs, it's me on the intercom. Go ahead. Yeah, I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad! <laughs> all right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. You look like you came from the North Pole. That's exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, uh, I'm... I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, that was weird. Usually guys just, uh, you know, put my name in the jingle bells or something. It's me, your son. Susan Wells had me, and, and she didn't tell you, and, 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 but now I'm here. It's me, buddy. Susan Wells. You said Susan Wells? Yes. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one. I think we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. It's okay, Walter's my father. Well, your dad's busy right now. Okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna come back for a while, okay? You're gonna go back to Santa Land. Okay! Yeah, why don't you go back to Gimbal's? Buddy's dad didn't give him much help, and, and likewise, I believe a lot of us have had spirit, uh, not spiritual, but earthly fathers, and maybe even earthly mothers, that didn't do such a great job in helping us to develop into the persons that we were supposed to be. And it's very hard even for you to relate if you had a father that didn't help you and wasn't there for you. It's hard for you to relate to God as a loving father. Can I tell you, he is. He is a loving God, a loving father. And he loves you and he wants to... He wants to pour his, his spirit into your life so you can be the person that he's created you to be. Because of a lack of help, maybe because of those examples that we had, maybe we had the bad examples and we learned by default. But we allow wrong things to define who we are as people. And there's a few of those I want to cover with you uh, this morning. The first thing that we allow to define us. It's the wrong thing. It's our past. And Drew t even talked a little bit about it during worship. Many of us have had a bad past. But your bad past does not mean that you have to have a bad present. Amen. Amen. And 
your bad past does not mean you have to have a bad future. Remember our opening text? It said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And I know it may be hard to get excited while your jaws are chomping on some popcorn, but that's good news. Amen? Man, we can become new in Christ. So your past does not have to dictate your future. Christ wants you to become a new person in him. Let me say it this way. Who you are does not have to be limited by who you were. And it's never too late to let Christ redefine who you are. And if you have not received Christ today, I believe you'll have an opportunity to do so. And you'll become the person that God created you to be. And if you have recently received Christ, let me tell you this, you're on the path to become the person that God has ordained you to be. You'll never be perfect, but stay on the path. That means he's working on you. And for those of us that have been serving God for a long time, guess what? He's still working on us also. Amen? Only when we get to heaven will we truly be perfect and, and not need changing. But we sure need some help now, don't we? So our past, sometimes people let their past define them. And I think there's some people here today that your past still haunts you. Put it to rest, put it to death in Jesus' name. Amen? And allow Christ to become real in your life. And another thing we allow to define us is this, other people. Excuse me just for a moment and let me say, isn't that the truth? We allow other people to define us. People will put labels on you. And if you're not careful, you'll live out that label in your life. Maybe you've been told that you'll never amount to anything and you believe it's true. I got some more good news for you today. That is a lie. Jesus changes everything and he changes everybody. Those who struggle with their identity usually are people who are people pleasers. Do I have any of those in the house? You try to please everybody. And when you worry too much about pleasing other people, you will be constantly in conflict and compromise. You'll compromise who you are as a person for somebody else. Look, you'll never win everybody's approval. And then you'll be in conflict uh, with others without even trying. You're, everybody's not going to be happy about you. Everybody's not going to like you. There are people that won't like you no matter what. Can I tell you this? Be you anyway. Uh, there was a precious lady that me and Patty at one time drove to church. She didn't have a ride to church. We drove her to church. And she was uh, a little mentally... I wasn't going to say challenge. Patty said eccentric. Eccentric. But, but I'm telling you, she, um, she taught me something that I'll never forget. She would say, Bobby Kewen, be yourself because nobody else qualifies. And isn't that the truth? You be who you are. You understand. It's great to, to be friendly and be kind to others. We should do that. But just be who you are. You can't please everybody. I'm talking to somebody directly now. And your life is in compromise and conflict because you're running around trying to win everybody else's approval. Let's just win his approval. 
And this brings me to, but, you know, Buddy could not please everybody. Check this you out. Got, uh, Damn it! I'm in love! I'm in love! And I don't care who knows it! Buddy, uh, not now. Uh, can you please go back to the, uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Boy, you're, you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't, uh, get, get back to the story, please. <clears throat> so, on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the base pay. Jack Reed. I got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. Look at you! I wasn't ready for that. Call me Elf one more time. Call me Elf. You're an Elf. Oh. He, he thinks he's an Elf. Listen, Miles. Listen, Miles. He must be a South Pole Elf. You get that here. Where do you want me to go? I don't care where you go. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my son. Get out of my life, now! Could not please everybody, could he? Another thing we allow to define us is so important is this, our perspective. Have you ever heard that old saying, you are what you eat? Anybody ever heard that saying? When I was a kid, my mom owned a cafe, and she cooked cheeseburgers, hamburgers, and they were called the Cuban burgers, and they were popular in the little town that we lived in. And I love hamburgers, and I eat hamburgers all the time. My face was so round that I had a coach that called me hamburger, talking about labels. And I've lived up to that label all my life. But what you are, y'all are looking at hamburger right now, ain't you? And you are what you eat, that's a little stupid. But it is true to say that you are what you think, and that's scriptural. The Bible says this, for as, it should say, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if you think wrong about yourself, you will live wrong. Because you have failed, hear me, because you have failed does not mean you are a failure. But if you think that you are a failure, you'll become a failure. Negative thinking equals a negative identity. A negative identity equals negative actions, and negative actions equal a negative life. 
If you listen to the Holy Spirit today, he's going to help you to stop that. God does not see you that way. And this brings me to our last thing that we allow to give us the wrong identity, shape, our wrong, shape us into our wrong identity is this. It's the enemy of our soul. His name is Satan. He doesn't want you to become the person God created you to be. And he will lie to you. He will lie to you about God. He will lie to you about yourself. Jesus said this about Satan. He said he is the father of lies. That's just another way of saying that he sits on the throne of lies. Sin. Who the heck are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay, good. <gasps> <gasps> he's a monster! He's a I had to work that clip in there somehow. That's probably my favorite clip. But we do allow those wrong things to define us. So what should we allow or who should we allow to define us? I should say the first one is this. Our creator. Your parents played a part in bringing you into the world, but can I tell you, they did not give you life. God is the giver of life. He created you. The scripture says this, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's what God thinks about you. He created you wonderfully. He made you. And since he is your creator, you should look to him to discover who he created you to be. In this next clip, Buddy tries to be like his dad, but he finds out that really doesn't work. Hey, Walter. Morning, Jack. Morning, Jack. Oh, good morning, Mr. Hobbs. Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. It's a nice purple dress. Very purpley. 
Francisco. Francisco, that's fun to say. Francisco. Hi. Do you remember me? I do. I didn't recognize you. I know. I'm in work clothes. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks, Deb. Deb, you have such a pretty face. You should be on a Christmas card. You just made my day. Ugh. Buddy, mm. you don't have to drink that. Thank you. Francisco. 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 Buddy? Am I too loud? Just, just a little. Sorry. Yes, bud? Why is your name on the desk? I bought the desk. My name's there so no one steals it. That's a joke, isn't it, Dad? Yeah, buddy, that's a joke. So, what are we gonna build? No, uh, we don't do that kind of work here, pal. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Put that down. Hello? Hello? Please, don't touch anything. Sorry. Aren't you glad that God created you to be who you are? You don't have to be like somebody else for God to love you. That you just have to be the person that God created you to be. Now, he will change you into his image, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But God created you with unique personality, unique personality, unique giftings, talents that he wants to use. And if you'll allow him to, he will. And he'll make you that person that you would always want to be. Uh, that brings me to the second thing that we should allow to define us, and that's the truth. The truth. There are two truthful identifiers that I want to give you, okay? And these are absolute truth. The first one is this, God's word. God's word is truth. It's the absolute truth. And God's word will tell you who God designed you to be. God created you to be like him. He created you even in his image. And he's given you characteristics like him. He is a giving God. He wants to be, you to be a giving person. He is a merciful God. He wants you to be a merciful person. He's a loving God. He wants you to be a loving person. He's a peaceful God. He's the, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He wants you to be a peaceful person. The Bible will give you the right thoughts to think about you, yourself. And if you uh, understand the Word, you read the Word, it'll tell you who you're supposed to be, the person that God has created you to be. It'll tell you the wrong things. It'll tell you the wrong things that Satan will tell you that you are. It will give you uh, the ability to, to discern those thoughts. And it will, you will be able to understand the lies of the enemy. Look at what the scripture says, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. The world is the way Satan thinks, his thoughts. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And the way we, our mind is renewed by, is by the Word of God. Every time you read the Word of God, it, like I said, it tells you what you should think. It'll tell you the kind of person you should be. And you'll be able to understand then that person, and you'll be able to recognize those lies way off. I'm telling you, Satan spends a lot of time lying. He really does. He spends a lot of time telling you who you are. And if you receive that, he'll keep telling you that. And he'll, you'll be the person uh, that is completely uh, opposite of what God wants you to be. But if you'll just get in your Bible and read the Bible, it defines who you are in Christ. Satan says you'll never amount to anything. The scripture says that you are the head and not the tail. The, the, Satan will tell you that you'll never be able to do it. The scripture says I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. The scripture says God doesn't love you. The Bible will tell you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. So you get these scriptures in your heart and you're able to understand when Satan is lying to you. So many of you are receiving lies from the enemy. And I'm telling you, he'll keep giving them to you if you receive them. You have to get into God's word to find the person that you're really meant to be, who God created you to be. So it's not only God's word. Another truthful identifier is this, is God's spirit. I'm so thankful for God's spirit that when you receive Christ in your heart, you're actually receiving the Spirit of God in your life. And the Spirit of God moves in to conform us to be like God. So the Bible tells us who we're to be, and the Holy Spirit helps us to become that person. Growing up, believe it or not, I had a very bad temper. I was, it was pitiful. It was, I would lose, it was, it was like a rage. And, I, I, you know, my mom, I've shared this before, but my mom would call me, you little Junior Cuban. My dad was Junior Cuban. He had a bad temper, and, and she spoke that over me, you little Junior Cuban. And I had such a bad temper. And I'm telling you, if you played me in a board game, I would get mad at you if you didn't play me again. I mean, I'm like, you're going to play me again? Somebody out there, there's an adult out there like that right now. And, um, and I realized that after I gave my life to Christ, I realized this is not healthy. I mean, this is not good. I, nobody, nobody wants to play games with me anymore. And, and this, this is the truth. I asked the Lord to take that from me. I mean, as a kid, I asked God to take that from me. And he did. He broke that curse over my life. If I, if, if I had not done that, there's no telling the danger that I could have gotten in being like that, that hot-headed. And God delivered me from that. And I'm just trying to tell you, he'll do the same for you. All of us have some things in our life that we know is not pleasing. It's not good. Even take the spiritual out of it. It's not good for you. It's not healthy for you. But when you add the spiritual to, you, to it, you know it's not pleasing God. But if you will allow God's spirit to move inside of your life, he will help you. I'm more patient now than I should be at times. Not because of me, but because of his spirit inside of me. And he'll help you. He will help you. He, the Bible calls him the helper. And he'll move in and help you. Look at this scripture. It says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Look, look at this part. We are being transformed into his image. And with ever increasing glory, which becomes, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So the longer you serve God, the more godly you should become. 
Please don't tell me you've been a Christian for 30 years if you're still acting just like the devil. If you're acting the same way all that time, please don't tell me that you've been living for God that long because he moves in and he begins to change us. I said it just a moment ago, we'll never be perfect, no. But we should sure, sure be a whole lot better than we used to be only because of his spirit working in our lives. It feels good to have control over yourself and over your emotions, and the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. He'll help you to stop doing the things that you know you shouldn't do. He'll help you start doing the things that you know you should do. And Buddy had just a few of those things that he needed to stop. Check this out. And then I traveled to the seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. So where were you for the last 30 years? The North Pole. Can you pass the maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put... It's spaghetti. You know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar and syrup? Yes. Then yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily, can I just speak to you for a minute in the uh, kitchen, please? Are you crazy? He cannot stay here. Clearly, he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out in the snow. Why not? He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Walter, he's your son. Did you hear that? You are so weird. It's really hard to watch funny scenes like that and preach. <laughs> so we should allow our creator to define us. And we should allow the truth to define us. And there's one more. You should allow your purpose. Our purpose should define us. God created you. Please hear me. God created you on purpose with a purpose. We all have a general purpose, some general things that define us. Those things are, are like worshiping God and, and, and reaching the lost, those that don't know Christ. For, for Christians, we all should serve God and, and serve others. We all should live a godly life. That's a general purpose that we all have. Those things he's planned for every one of us, but there's a specific purpose that God created you to fulfill. You. So you can reach people that I cannot reach. 
I met uh, Freeze a little bit earlier. Ain't that right? Freeze, I got it right. I told him I may, I may end up calling you Frozen, man. I'm sorry. Bad with names. But Freeze can reach people I can't reach for Jesus. And God's got a unique purpose for you, man, that you can fulfill. I'm telling you. And only you. And when we don't fulfill our purpose, what about those people that we could have affected with our life, the impact with our life? And God wants to use you. You have a purpose in him. You have a reason for living. If anything that says that you are a mistake and there's, no, there's no, nothing good about your life, that's a lie from hell. You got to know God created you. He loves you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. I read it to you earlier. And he has a purpose for you. It's a wonderful plan. Will you have problems at times? Yeah, we talk about those. Yeah, we do have problems at times. But we know God is with us. We don't fight it by ourselves. And if you will just give your life to him, you'll begin to see the person that God created you to be. I have a, have a loud voice. I was blessed with a loud voice. If I'm in a crowd and everybody, somebody, everybody needs somebody you know, to get the attention of everybody, they choose me because I have such a loud voice that carries. And I wanted to be a rock singer, man. I wanted... I wanted to join a rock band. I mean, I, I, I couldn't grow long hair, but I had a tail. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I had my earring, man, and I was, I, 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 that was the only one problem with that. I couldn't play nothing, and I can't sing nothing. <laughs> but I wanted it. And that's not the reason why God gave me this loud voice. It's not for singing, for sure. That God knew at eight years old, that I would preach his word. As a matter of fact, I remember being a kid at a church and a lady that I do not know and cannot remember her name, she called me up front. At eight years, around eight years old, she said, this young man will be a teacher one day. And I thought, school teacher? Lady, you missed it. <laughs> I don't even like school. And that prophecy, I prophecy, Put that on the shelf, and, and uh, as I gave my life to Christ later on, I really thought there was something. And as, as God, he called me to preach, that prophecy, I was reminded of being a little kid before a church just like this, that this lady says, this boy will teach one day. And I'm going to tell you, I'm no more special than you, that God has something designed for you when you took your first breath. And it's a wonderful plan. It is a unique plan. It will touch people that other people can't. It's an important plan that God has for you. And you know the good thing about it is all we have to do is surrender to it. All we have to say is God come and do it in my life. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just have your way in my life. Your purpose should define who you are. Your specific purpose and the takeaway is this. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Don't sweat it. God wants it fulfilled in your life more than you do. So what do I do to make it happen? Don't worry about it. When you don't know what to do, just do what you know to do. <clears throat> just fulfill that other general purpose that I was talking about, serving God and, and worshiping Him and loving Him and, and, and serving people. Just do those things. And when you do those things you'll start seeing your specific purpose come about. 
You don't have to make it happen. God will pull you right into it. And before you know it, you'll be doing something you, didn't th you thought you would never do for him. Don't sweat it. Just do what you know to do. And the last clip, Buddy, he still didn't have it all figured out. But he did fulfill a great purpose by just doing what he knew to do. I need an elf's help. I, I'm not an elf, Sam. I, I, I can't do anything right. Buddy, you're more of an elf than anyone I ever met. And the only one who I would want working on my sleigh tonight. Really? Really? Will you fix it for me, buddy? I'll try. Papa taught me how. You gotta find it first. It dropped off the sleigh back over there a ways. The engine. The engine. Go, buddy. Go, Mr. Elf. I'm standing here outside Central Park where it is unclear exactly what has happened. What we do know is that authorities have closed the park and are in the process of clearing it. Uh, the only thing that people can seem to agree on here is that they saw something fall from the sky. I've got an eyewitness with me who claims to have seen the whole thing firsthand. What did you actually see? You know, I was walking around, I saw this thing, and my daughter actually pointed it out. Oh, your, your daughter saw it? Sweetheart, can you tell me what you saw falling out of the sky? It was Santa's sleigh! <laughs> Santa's sleigh, well, there you have it. Santa's in Manhattan. Sorry to interrupt your first big news story, Charlotte, but New York One has just received some exclusive amateur news footage that you just might want to follow up on. There seems to be a strange man dressed as an elf wandering through Central Park. I don't know if this is the kind of hard-hitting news you're used to covering in Buffalo, Charlotte, but here in New York One, news is top priority. Hey! You found it! Buddy! I need to tell you something. Buddy, there's something I have to tell you right now. Um, I didn't mean anything I said back there, not, not a word. I know you may be a little um, um, uh, chemically imbalanced, but you've been right about a lot of things. I, I don't want you to leave. You're my son, and I, I love you. Would you stand? You may never have that experience with your natural father. I want you to hear me. You may never have that affirmation from your natural mother. Maybe too late. But you have a father God that wants to embrace you and wants to affirm you. When I say affirm, that means he wants to tell you how much he loves you and, and how much he has for you. He really does. Goes back to his word. If you'll get into his word, you'll read about it. 
if you'll allow his spirit to come in your life, he'll tell you about it. And when you allow these things to happen, you begin to be the person that you were created to be. Until you do that, you don't, you don't even know who you're supposed to be. You don't even know how great of a person you're supposed to be. But if you'll just allow God to do that work, you'll see. You'll begin to see it. Other people begin to see it. And you'll step right into that purpose, and you'll have abundant joy. Would you bow your head just for a moment? I know there's some funny clips. This might be sort of unusual for you. I know it sure was for me preaching through this. But the message is there, and the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to speak to your heart. He's paid a big price for you. He's invested a lot in you for you to know him. And today, if you do not know him as your Savior, as your Lord, it begins with a commitment, what we call a commitment to prayer. And it's basically saying, God, would you forgive me? I need you. I, I want to know you. Would you take this life of mine and make something out of it? I ask you to come into my heart today. Change me. And the Bible says you'll be purified from all unrighteousness. That's just another way of saying your sins will be forgiven and you'll be right with God. I don't care what you've done, but if you'll just believe on God, the Bible says he will forgive you. As a matter of fact, he says he'll not only forgive you, he'll forget about it. And you'll be right with God. That means his presence can move into your heart. And man, he begins to do things in you that you could not imagine. Well, Pastor, how does that work? Do I, do I see him moving in? What is that? No, no, you just know he's there. Then he begins to talk to you. You begin to have some new desires that you've never had before. Before, you'd be bent on doing evil. Then you'd start looking for good. Hear me, when I gave my life to Christ, man, I went from going out on Friday nights to find the newest club. I went from that to trying to find revival on Friday nights, man. My, me and my 60-something-year-old father and my cousin, who, me and my cousin used to party together. <laughs> we started dressing up trying to find revival. We just wanted to be close to God. That's the difference he makes. Invite him in. You'll be amazed. I want to pray a prayer. We, pray, we call it the commitment prayer. If you need to make this prayer yours, mean it between you and God. And I'm telling you, hold on. Don't try to figure it all out beforehand. Just let him move in. He'll help you out, okay? Let's pray it together, church. We do it here all together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.